0: The following audio has been brought to you by Word of Grace Community Church. For more information about Word of Grace, visit wogcc.com. Word of Grace exists to make disciples. Jesus said in Matthew 28, He said to go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. He said, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said there's going to be signs that follow those people that believe. Those, there's going to be signs where people are going to be able to, to identify that these people are disciples of Jesus. That was the commission that he gave to us, is to go into all the world and make disciples. We define disciples as someone who is a fully devoted follower of Jesus, who's growing in loving God, loving people, and serving the world. Now, if we focus on helping people to grow in their walk with God, we're going to be making an eternal impact that's going to impact every generation. I'm talking about the type of impact that is going to define, shape, and change generations and that is going to leave a legacy that's going to honor and glorify God. So many of us, we get caught up in the now and we're not thinking about the bigger picture and we live our lives only for ourselves and we live these selfish, self-focused, self-centered, self-driven lives and we never think further down the road and we can't see past our own nose. and we can't see beyond our own lifetime. But let me tell you something, folks. There have been people that have existed before us and there will be people that exist after us and those people that exist after us need to know Jesus, And somebody's got to tell them, someone has to live a life that shows them the way that helps to literally show them what a christian looks like and what that is defined as because somebody got close to god and someone invested in getting connected to god and deepening their walk with god and deepening a relationship with god and making sure that god was front and center of their family and their marriage and their lives and their parenting styles so that the generations after them can Take that message of the gospel and even further that and continue to strengthen that. God wants us to be representatives of Jesus Christ here in this earth. Someone that's fully devoted as a follower of him. But there's so many people nowadays... That are so lukewarm and so disconnected and so on the fringe with Christianity, either because they've been burned in a church, they've been wounded by another Christian, or they just look at it and go, I don't have time for that, I'd rather do my own thing. And they have lists a hundred miles long, and they're all the same lists. I don't want to go to church because there's hypocrites there. I can I'm a pretty good person. I'm doing good on my own. Everybody has the same old list and all the excuses, but if we keep making excuses and we We don't make God and our connection with him a non-negotiable and the center of our lives. We're weakening the message of the gospel throughout the generations. There'll be generations rise up that really don't know all that much about God because someone didn't make God non-negotiable. And I believe that Word of Grace is called to be the type of families and be the type of church that makes God such a priority and center focus in their lives that we are developing fully devoted, not casually devoted, but fully devoted followers of Jesus that are not only going to cause a change and an impact in their homes and in their lives and in their church and their community during their lifetime, but that it's literally going to affect generations to come. If word of grace only lasts as long as you and I live, we have failed. Okay? If, 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 if our children and our grandchildren are only connected to God and to the local church as long as we live, we have failed. We haven't made it as much of a priority as we should and we haven't shown them the non-negotiables and how God is literally touching, shaping, and affecting everything that we do, not just our Sunday for a couple of hours. You see, this is who Word of Grace is called to be, the type of church that invests in putting God at the forefront, not just on Sunday morning, that we realize and recognize that the church is who we are, that it's not just somewhere we go. That we recognize that we are the body of Christ, living, breathing every single day when we're in the store, when we're on the job, when we're having a bad day, when we're under stress. We're still the church. We're still representing Christ. We're still the people of God. And we still have a responsibility to show and to live forth the way that God has called us to show and live for. Amen. He wants us to be that type of church. That's who Word of Grace is called to be A church that's making devoted followers of Jesus who make God the priority, the focus, the center, the core, the non-negotiable. And that's why we teach and preach the way we do. That's why we structure and organize the way that we do. Because God wants us to grow, not only to impact our lives and our generation, but the generations to come. Think about this. Everything we do impacts eternity what we do as a church as a local community of believers affects eternity man i know that we really don't have an idea of what eternity is because none of us have experienced it i mean we jokingly say oh man i've been waiting in line forever really when you were a kid oh man it seems like an eternity before Christmas is going to get here or my birthday. Is that really our biggest concept of eternity? Because most people that I know that are uh, on the other side of life that are, have, have, have lived more years than they have left to live, they'll tell you it went by so fast. People who have less years ahead of them and most of their years behind them, they'll tell you. Man, I can't believe it went by so fast. It was just like that. And here we are thinking because we had to wait in line in Walmart, there were two carts in front of us. Oh, we waited forever and we're angry. Man, we don't really have a concept of forever. We don't really have an idea of what eternity truly is. We so loosely use those terms and those words. But when we say what we do impacts eternity, it's not just waiting in line in Walmart for 10 minutes. It's not just that year that it takes to get around the calendar to that day or that vacation or whatever it is that you were looking forward to. It's literally forever. Not figuratively, literally forever. Literally eternity. And listen, folks, what we do as a church, what we do here at Word of Grace is affecting, changing, and impacting eternity. What we're doing here, the seriousness of what we do here, it's not just Christian entertainment. It's not just something that we come and we do out of some type of religious obligation or because we feel better about having done it and we feel bad about not having done it. Literally, what we're doing is impacting and affecting and shaping the eternity of people's lives. It's a big responsibility. But it's one that we're called to because we are the church. If you have your Bible, go to Ephesians chapter 4. This is probably my favorite passage in all of Scripture. I could literally quote almost the entire chapter of Ephesians 4 because I've read it and studied it so much, and it's so much a part of my DNA. I love it. This passage of Scripture. In Ephesians 4 and 11, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and this is what he said He said that he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we're no longer tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, but rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint, When it is equipped, each part is working properly and it makes the body grow and build itself up in love. Think about this for a minute. He's saying everybody matters. Every individual matters. That we're all a part of the body of Christ. That there are gifts that are given to the church in the form of different leaders that help equip us For the working of the ministry, not just so we can sit down or feel better about ourselves or get comfortable. I I am a student of church history. I absolutely love church history or just history in general. I'm that guy that will sit down and watch documentary after documentary about something boring, old and dusty that's in a museum somewhere. Okay? I absolutely love that stuff. It gets me super excited. I love history, especially church history and Bible history. And I have a book that is called The History of Christianity. It's the biggest book that I own in my library. I mean, this thing is a, some kind of massive paperweight, okay? Uh, I, I carry this thing with me in case I get stuck in the snow. It would help me get out of the snow because my tires could help me to back out over this massive chunk of book and, and paper. But let me tell you something about this book. There's a pattern throughout this entire story of Christianity. It starts in the book of Acts when the church uh, was, was first coming on the scene on the day of Pentecost, and then it goes through all the church history up to present time, and the pattern that is repeated over and over and over again was that when the church was born, guess what? It was born into persecution. I mean, it wasn't like, yay, church, yay, Jesus. It was like, let's kill them all. There was immediate persecution when the church first came on the scene, and this whole idea of church began to be introduced, and people were spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world. People were being killed for it. That's how we started, all right? But then Constantine comes on the scene, and he says, nope, we're not going to do that anymore. Killing is bad. We're not going to persecute people because of their beliefs. Matter of fact, not only is Christianity okay, but all religions are okay. And so he says, not only are all religions okay, but we're going to make this great city, and he's going to name it kind of after himself, by the way and we're going to bring all the religious relics into this city, and everyone's just going to come here, and this is going to be their Mecca where they come and they p- make their pilgrimages and they worship because this is the city of equality. This is the city of everybody just get along. This is the city of everyone is okay. All roads lead to heaven. Does that sound familiar at all? You see, this is what happened. And then all, all of a sudden these people who were under persecution, and by the way, When the church was persecuted, it grew and it thrived, but now they begin to exhale and they begin to go, oh, we're safe now, we're okay. And then they begin to look at the other religions and they begin to pull ideas from the other religions. They begin to mix and mingle with the other religions and now all of a sudden they're not sure exactly what they stand on because everybody's just okay now and no one stands for anything. And now what's happening in the days of Constantine is that a group of people said, we've had enough because God always preserves a remnant, a group of people who didn't bow their knee. Even in Scripture, remember that God always has a remnant. He had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that wouldn't bow their knee to worship the God bell when the music played, but everyone else did. God always has a remnant, always. God had a remnant during that time in the days of Constantine. And those people, they left and they withdrew themselves from that area. And guess what happened? All of a sudden, because of this group, the church begins to be persecuted again. And now all of a sudden, Christians are being killed again. And all of a sudden, the church begins to thrive again. These people are having secret church meetings. These people are being persecuted. And all of a sudden, the church begins to grow and thrive. And then something happens to where all of a sudden, they begin to get comfortable. They begin to get relaxed. The very birth of this nation that you and I live in was a result of religious persecution. And we came to this nation, we came to this land, we settled, we thrived, we began to spread the gospel, we began to grow, we began to build churches and share the message of the gospel, but then all of a sudden we began to get comfortable again, and history is again repeating itself. But God always has a remnant. God always has a remnant. He always has people that will not bow their knees, that will say no, I am not going to go quietly, no, I'm not going to passively allow Christianity to fall to the wayside because you have all of this progressive ideology that's coming into play where the same things are happening over again that are trying to silence the church, that are trying to make us just say no, all roads lead to heaven, or that are trying to say oh no church isn't that important, or no following god and making him the center is not very important it's the same thing that used to happen back back before and it's happening again but there's always a remnant and my prayer and my hope and my desire is that word of grace would be part of that remnant that would say no we're still going to strengthen the message of the gospel and the priority of god in our lives not only for our benefit but for the next generation that's who i believe we're called to be That, even though there's great compromise in our world, and man, there's great compromise in the church, that word of grace would not be a part of that great compromise that we would be people who stick to the truity of the word, that we would not be people who would say, we're going to make the word of God say the things we want it to say, and we're just going to preach nice, fluffy sermons and things that always tickle our ears and make us feel good. If it's something hard that we hear, if it's true, then we need to hear it, and we need to accept it, and we need to be challenged by it, and allow God to work in our heart what he wants to work. Amen, somebody? And not walk away from it just because it's challenging. Now, we're not going around condemning people or saying we're better than other people by no means because that wouldn't be Christ-like of us to do that. But we're not going to compromise and we're going to say this is who we are. This is who God has called us to be. And we understand eternity is part of, we've been given a part to play in that responsibility of affecting change in lives in eternity because what we do impacts eternity. You see, the church is the hope of the world Because we are placed here as representatives of Christ, to show the world Jesus, to present Jesus, because Jesus is the only one who can alter someone's path. He's the only one that can alter someone's path. He's the only one that can change someone's heart. We can't change someone's heart. We can try to modify their behaviors. And man, if there aren't more self-help books than ever before out in the world, the problem is, is the self-help book isn't going to change you because... It's the heart that really needs to be touched. And if you're not open to allowing Christ to touch you at the very core of your heart, to change your very desires and your nature to where you begin to allow his influence in your life and you begin to renew your mind according to Scripture, a self-help book is not going to do you any good. You're going to be frustrated, always looking for the next great big thing. You're going to follow fad after fad after fad. The church does this. We see churches that follow fads, and we just go from fad to fad to fad, and there's little fruit from it. It just makes us weird (laughs) and makes the world go, yeah, that's weird. I don't want to be a fad church. I don't want to be a church that just goes out and, and, and hops on the next greatest latest. I want us to be a church that sticks to the truity of our calling that Jesus gave us back in Matthew 28 where he said, go out into all the world and make disciples. Make sure that this thing continues. Make sure that you make this such a priority in your life that God literally touches every area of your life, and your children see it, and your grandchildren see it, and your friends see it. And all of a sudden, you begin to have fellowship and community and connection with those people, and you begin to impart to them some of the things that God has shown you. And when you struggle, they begin to impart into you and help sharpen you, and the church begins to sharpen itself as iron sharpens iron, as one man's countenance sharpens another. Because every person matters because what we're doing impacts eternity. Amen, somebody? But let's drill this down to a macro level here. And let's talk about how do we impact eternity. Because you could look at me and go, wow, I see how Pastor Derek would impact eternity. He's up on a stage and he's preaching the word of God. And he's sharing the truth with people. And I could go, yeah, but what's really my role? How do, how do I impact eternity? How, how could I possibly do that? I can't preach or I can't teach. I, I could barely talk to people. I, I feel uncomfortable doing that. I don't know much of the Bible. I'm a newer Christian. Or if they only knew about my past and knew all the terrible things that I've done, then they wouldn't want me to be a part of impacting eternity. I'm just trying to hang on till Jesus comes and hopes he lets me in heaven. And that's how a lot of people feel and it knocks them out of feeling like they have a hand in impacting eternity but you're selling yourself short and you're looking at yourself as the answer instead of looking at Jesus Christ as your Redeemer because He said every one of us matters because every person has a part to play. That's what we just read in Ephesians chapter 4. Did we not? He said that every joint provides something. Every part provides something. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. It's not somewhere we go. It's who we are. So that means every one of you are just as significant as I am, whether you're standing on a stage or whether you're working behind the scenes in a prayer closet or whether you're doing something no one will ever know about. Pastor Derek is not more important than anyone in this room. I am not the most important person in this room. We all have a part to play. We all matter. Let me drill this down to a macro level to help you see how every person matters. What if you were the person that kept the church website updated so someone could find hope? What if someone who was on the verge of leaving Christianity or that was going to take their own life or that was contemplating divorce found a Facebook post that you shared or heard about you talking about your church at work? What if then that person decided to give our church a try? And then when they decided to give it a try, everything on the website was updated. (laughs) (coughs) And they knew where to go, and a friendly face held the door open for them and made them feel welcome. What if then... They were directed to our guest services area to help find answers to basic questions that made them feel even more comfortable and welcome because, man, they were nervous coming here. All of us were first-timers at one time, and we were all nervous that first time because it's weird. Sometimes I will attend other churches that will have like a Saturday night service just so I don't forget that weird feeling of being a first-time person at a church because sometimes we get so introverted and so comfortable in our own church that we forget how that person just walking through our doors feels. But what if that person felt really comfortable because someone at guest services helped them answer basic questions? And then what if that person experienced a clean, well-presented facility? And what if a warm cup of coffee was served to them by a friendly cafe worker? And what if that person then encountered a children's check-in worker that helped them get their children in the right classes? And then they experienced this awesome teacher in their walk Kids class that made them feel comfortable and they had a well-prepared lesson And they taught the children about Jesus. What if then that same person walked into the sanctuary where, yet again, a friendly face hands them a bulletin and tells them, I'm glad you're here. What if this person, now overwhelmed with this friendly encounter after friendly encounter, sits down in a chair and then listens to music and sees informational slides that have been prepared for in advance and sits the atmosphere for this individual to feel comfortable, informed, welcomed, and then someone from our church comes by and says hello and maybe introduces themselves. Then the worship service begins with maybe an informational video that is prepared well in advance, that is executed at a high level, that communicates to that person, wow, these people take this stuff seriously. They did that well. And then the worship band leads the music that has been rehearsed days and hours in advance, and that We had people investing in sound engineering, lighting cues to provide a detailed, excellent experience that would bring glory to God by us putting our best foot forward and giving God our best effort. But then that effort that we gave to glorify God also begins to stir something in the very core of this first-time guest. And then the pastor comes and shares a message that hits right home with this individual that cracks through all the lies that the enemy has led them to believe. And it begins to shape, change, and affect and impact their eternity. And then what if that person who just a few days ago was thinking about giving up on life, what if they found hope? What if they then got connected to a community group and found even greater connection and even greater hope? And what if that person gave their life to Jesus, joined the church, and then began serving and giving back because of what God had done in them, and now they want to serve alongside the rest of their now new church family? Which part of this story was the most important part? Which part mattered the most which part made the biggest impact every single one that's just one story of one person coming through the doors of what we casually and comfortably call church that's someone just coming that's one person that now has had such a deep impact because so many people took what they were doing and what they were called to so seriously and every single part mattered. What if one of those things, what if one of those people would not have cared? What if one of those things just would have been just something that someone had a bad attitude towards? What if all of a sudden this person had a negative experience that made them think, oh, this is just what I thought it would be? But because we care but because we understand the importance of what we do and we realize that it impacts eternity and that every part matters and every part does its share. And we edify and minister not only to one another because we all get to benefit from all of that preparation and and, and investment and working as well, but so do people that don't know Jesus. And all of a sudden, we begin to see how this series of events connects A person who was hopeless to find hope and salvation in Jesus Christ alone. Every person matters here at Word of Grace. Whether you're a lost person, whether you're a saved person, whether you're a person that was wounded in a church, and you're coming here and you're just kind of hoping nobody asked you to do anything. (laughs) Because the last time you got involved, you got hurt and you got wounded and you got burnt out. Maybe you're still carrying around some of that stuff. And God has you here because He wants you to get healthy and healed because you've still got a purpose. Maybe you've been serving and been investing your your time, talent, and treasure for years and years, and now you've come to a place where you feel like, well, I'm just going to coast because I've invested and I've done my part. It's time for somebody else to do it. No, now it's your turn to begin to invest and start to teach others how to do it and do it with that same level of passion because now you've got the experience that the next generation desperately needs, and they need those fathers and those mothers to take people under their wing and to invest in them and to let them know this It's not just about you, that it's about generations to come, that we continue to make disciples, that we continue to lead people to Christ, and we begin to invest in that next generation like the book of Titus tells us to. Everything we do here matters because it impacts eternity. It's more than just you coming here and hearing a sermon that will help you or encourage you, or you singing songs that maybe you like, maybe you don't like, I don't know. It's not just you coming here because we have a good kids ministry and you come here and you enjoy the fact that we have great stuff going on for our kids and you feel like that's helping to assist in raising your children. And yeah, it is impacting some of that. But, but, but even more than just doing that, why are you here? Why has God put you in the seat that you're sitting in? What is your part to play? What joint are you What part of this great idea that God had called church to empower individuals with purpose and to give them gifts and give them such unique life stories and life situations that they could share those life stories and life situations and gifts and talents and treasure with people who don't know Jesus. To win them to Christ, to be ambassadors of Christ in the earth. And then not only to win lost people, but to encourage the Christians who are struggling, those who are down, those who are feel defeated, those who want to give up, those who want to quit, those who may not know how to deal with a certain situation or may be bound, that need to experience the freedom that only Christ can give. And you invest and you walk with those people. Don't tell me that what you do doesn't matter or that you can't do something just because you're not a preacher Or because you feel like you don't know enough of the Bible. The way that the Bible reads and the way we just saw in Ephesians 4, every part matters. Yesterday, we launched Team WOG, and you may have seen some banners and people wearing some lanyards and things like that, because that's part of our effort to help our church move forward and accomplish our vision focus for 2017. Our vision focus for 2017 is simply this get connected. Get connected. Team WAG is not only our new way of serving here at Word of Grace, but it's one of the ways we're going to help people get connected because we want our church to always have opportunities and ways and channels for people to get connected, not only to one another, not only in relationship with one another, not only to serving here at Word of Grace, but to God and to purpose that they realize the importance of what we do. So in 2017, we are going to get connected. That means if you're not connected, here's what it means in even clearer layman's terms. And I think that Larry and Terry alluded to it earlier when they shared about the missions trip. It means get uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable and get connected. Because if you're not connected in a life-giving relationship with God it's time to Stop making excuses and get connected. If you're not connected relationally at church, get connected. If you've been on the outside playing it safe because of past wounds, it's time to find that healing and release the offense and get connected. You have gifts. You have talents. You have something to offer. You don't need a seminary degree in order to be used by God. You need to be willing to to be used by God. You need to be available because we are making an impact on eternity. And so this year I want us to get connected. I want us to focus on making sure we're getting connected, that we're not allowing ourselves to get disconnected. I want you to turn over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10 talks about connection. Hebrews 10 and verse 24 says this, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, So that needs to be part of our role, is that we're stirring one another up to love each other and to good works. Not neglecting to meet together, to connect, as is the habit of some. But encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day of the Lord approaching. Everything we do impacts eternity. Here we see scripture says, stir one another up to good works. Don't stop assembling together, don't stop connecting because we are making an impact on eternity. So we need to focus this year in growing in faithfulness, consistency, and a focused effort to get other people connected as well. So I want to ask you to pray with me about some things. This year, I want to give you just a little bit of direction as I'm casting vision and sharing with you where Word of Grace is going as a church, because I think there's a few key specific things that we're going to begin to work on. And my prayer is that these things all come to fruition and we're able to execute these things with excellence and do them with excellence. But here's what I want you to pray with me on in 2017. I want us to connect to the Spanish-speaking community. I want to offer a live in-service translation of the message. I already have four people who can translate English, uh, Spanish uh, and do Spanish-English translation, so that way we can begin to reach the Hispanic, Spanish-only speaking community, and then connect them through Spanish-English speaking community groups. I want us to connect to a greater audience of people to the gospel through a live internet-stream weekend service and creating the overflow area for people in attendance at Word of Grace. That was part of the reason we created the fellowship space over in the Commons, this multi-purpose space so that we could begin to have overflow space and better utilize the facility that God has blessed us with, because we are debt-free, hallelujah, and we want to stay that way, so that way we can go out there and we can still minister to more people in our current facility by creating that multi-purpose space, Um, and we were able to pay for that, um, and it was just a wonderful thing that we did last year. Another thing that I feel God's calling us to is to connect to our neighborhoods by equipping and providing resources and conducting outreaches to reach people with the gospel and connect them to the local church. We're going to have something in March that you're going to hear about where we're actually going to learn how to serve our neighborhoods and we're bringing in a specialist who actually does teaching and training on that so we can be further equipped to learn how to neighbor well and learn how to serve our community well. Another thing we want to do is we want to connect adoptive families, foster care families, and families with children that have special needs to a welcome and loving place of support and hope. And we've begun to do some of those things, and those things are in their infancy. And the more we develop it, the more you're going to hear about it, and we're going to talk about it more here at church. But God has put special needs children special needs families on the heart of your pastor, and God has always had those people on my heart. Um, I call them my people. I, my wife tells me, she said, those are your people. I just connect with special needs people. I really do. Um, and and I, I love them, and I have a heart for them, and I have a heart for their families too. And I don't know how it's going to play out, and I don't know what it's going to look like, folks. But I believe that's part of where we're going and what God wants us to do. That's one of the most powerful things I think that my life speaks does is that they serve the body of Christ by reaching out to these children of special needs, these children who, in a voodoo, satanic culture, that community would look at that child that has a disability and say that child is cursed or, or has some type of hex on them, some type of voodoo curse, and so they'll discard the child. But you and I, we see that child, and we know that there's just some development or special needs, and those families are challenged. And I heard a statistic from the lady that runs My Life Speaks, Missy Wilson, who has a son that has special needs. She said that over 90% of Christians who have children with special needs or disabilities don't attend a local church and aren't connected in Christian community because they've been asked to leave, because no one knew what to do with their child, because perhaps their child was disruptive, or perhaps their child... Uh, was a challenge, and no one knew what to do. So they were asked to leave, or they were treated so poorly and ostracized and never engaged by anyone that they felt very unloved and wounded. And you have all these people that are wounded. And I feel part of Word of Grace's DNA is to minister to people that have been wounded and hurt by religion. People that have been hurt and wounded in the church, people that have been hurt and wounded by other pastors or other leaders or other Christians. God sends us those kind of people all the time. But He doesn't have you here just so you can come and sit. He has you here so you can get healed and healthy and get connected. Amen? So if that's you and you're still dealing with woundedness and hurt and offense, it's time to get some healing. It's time to move on past that offense. And it's time to get plugged in and connected because God's not done with you. And you're sitting on your gifts, and you need to get off of your gifts and start using them for the kingdom. Because there's too much under the hood that God wants to do in you and through you, and it's time for you to step up and get connected. That's for free. (laughs) I want us to connect to stronger ministry through having an intentional prayer team. We've always kind of had a a prayer team here at Word of Grace, but I want it to be a strong prayer team that is trained and that is equipped, that can minister to people on a regular basis. And I want it to be consistent, and I want it to be something that we can depend on. And I want people to step up to the plate and be a part of our prayer ministry that we're going to work on developing this year. I want us to connect our church family to deeper personal engagement with our Word of Grace global partners, our missions that we support. One of the ways that I want us to do that is I want each community group to adopt one of our global partners and be very invested and connected. That's already begun with the group that meets here that is the Hubbard's Home Group. They're connecting with Pastor Bob and Amy Abel, and they're going to begin to be regularly connected with them. So that way, as our church family is over in Thailand, that they don't feel alone and disconnected, that they know that Word of Grace cares. So it's more than us just writing a check. Amen, somebody? Another thing I want us to do this year is I want us to connect people to regularly offered faith-based resources to help them grow in practical things because we need some practical biblical teaching on a regular basis in the areas of parenting, marriage, finance, and freedom from addiction. And we're starting that in the first first Friday in February by hosting the Samaritan's Hand Ministry that's going to come and help people uh, with drug and alcohol addiction. It's going, to be the first Friday, uh, it's going to be every Friday, but the first Friday in February is when it's going to start here at Word of Grace at 6.30. If you're struggling or you know someone who's struggling, you need to be here. This is not a Word of Grace thing. We're just hosting it. So Samaritan's Hand is going to be advertising and letting people know that Word of Grace is one of their locations. And then when people begin to connect to our church from that ministry, then what I want our church to do is love the mess out of those people when they come to our church. And let them know regardless of your past, regardless of your current struggles, we love you here and we want to walk with you and we want to see God's best for you. Amen? Amen. We don't want to treat those people like they're second class because they're not. I want us to connect the, to the elderly this year. And I want us to get involved in the nursing homes. We have been approached by a nursing home in this town that says, when you guys go to the internet stream... And when you guys start doing your live service, could you pipe it in over to the nursing home? I said, you bet we will. They said our residents would really love that. And then they would love not only that, but they would love for people to come and connect with some of the residents as well. And that would give us a foot in the door to be able to connect with the residents by having a live service. Uh, one of the nursing home uh, chaplains told me, he said, they have things that where people will come and bring stuff. Uh, on Sunday later in the day or a a couple days afterwards that they've either recorded or put together. And they said, and they appreciate that and they love those things. They said, but I constantly have residents saying, I want to go to church at church time. I want to go to church at church time. So let me just cast a little bit of vision your way. When we're able to pull off this live stuff and we can begin streaming that video signal live and get in the nursing home, I want us to be able to let that person know, you can go to church at church time. And not only can you go to church at church time, but I'll be able to look in that camera and I'll be able to say, you over at such and such nursing home, we're glad that you're watching with us today and we're glad you're worshiping with us today. Even though you may not physically be here, you're just as much a part of what's going on as the people who are sitting in this room. How how loved and special will that make those people who are very lonely feel? We're instructed to reach three people in scriptures that we see over and over again that Jesus said you need to go after. He said you need to go after the fatherless. We have an adoption support group that is starting to meet that we're going to begin to minister to those who are disconnected from families. He said, you need to reach the fatherless, the orphan. He said, you need to reach the alien, the stranger, the outsider. You need to reach that person who is not involved in the community. We're going to begin to reach out to the Hispanic community. He said, and then you need to reach the widow. You need to reach the fatherless, the stranger, and the widow over and over again in Scripture. We see these three themes And I want Word of Grace to reach those three people groups and not neglect our responsibility as the body of Christ. Amen, somebody? I want us to connect people to serve in Word of Grace kids in order to help us to continue to develop a children's ministry and a nursery that's consistent, excellent, and that's impacting children and families with the gospel. And that means that we need more people to step up and be willing to get connected. And Team WOG is going to be one of the great channels that we have to get people connected into our children's ministry. We have great children's ministry. Those people that work in there put a lot of work into it. But there's a lot of people that just keep cycling through those same patterns. And we need more people to step up and use their gifts and to be able to serve in there. So we can do it better and with excellence and with a higher level of dependability, with a higher level of consistency. And we want to make sure that we train and equip well. And that's what we've been working on behind the scenes. And we want to make sure that we execute at a high level. In Team WOG, which is our new way that you can serve here at Word of Grace and become part of the team. Right now, we have uh, over about 150 or so people that serve in Team WOG. And our goal in our serving uh, team is that we want to have 220 team members in 2017. So is God calling you to be one of those team members? We have a website, it's teamwog.com. I want you to go check that out and see how maybe you can get involved. We'll put it up here on the screens and I just want them to leave it up for the rest of the service. So You can write that down, go to teamwog.com. There's resources on there for you. There's serving opportunities. There's, if you wonder who's in charge of what, you can find out all that information on there and how to get a hold of them. This is a great website that we've built as a resource for our church family to get connected in 2017. This year, I want us to commit to get connected to purpose in a greater way than ever before. This year, I want us to commit as a church to be the friendliest church a person has ever been in. I want when people walk out of those doors to say, I have been to a lot of churches, but by golly, that is the friendliest church I've ever been in. Because I want them to know that we have the love of God because we're disciples of Jesus. And Jesus said, the way people would know that you're disciples of him is not by the lanyard you wear around your neck, not by how big a Bible you carry, not by the bumper stickers you got on your car. He said, but by the way that you love one another. And I want the love of God to be oozing out of this place and oozing all over people to where they just feel it and they're just wrapped up in it. It's just overwhelming. Wow! I felt welcomed. I felt loved because that church is a place that understands that they're impacting eternity. Everybody has a role, everybody plays a part. But you got to get uncomfortable. You got to step outside of normal. You got to step outside of what's easy, what's convenient. And you got to realize what we're doing as a church is literally impacting eternity for people. And it could change the direction of an entire family for generations. Because your friendliness, your love, your willingness to serve, your recognition of purpose, your recognition of I have a part to play and a role to play, and you, you getting rid of the excuses and getting involved could literally be one of those parts that begins to orient a person's heart towards Christ that was lost. And now because they found Christ and were in life-giving, discipling relationships, they were changed. Their children were changed. Their grandchildren were changed. Their family members were changed. An entire family and all their friends and influences that were around them could be rescued from eternal separation from God because someone said, Here I am, Lord. What do you want me to do? I'll get connected. I'll get plugged in. I'll serve with purpose. I understand what I do impacts eternity. So I want to invite you to be a part of Team WOG. I want to invite you to get connected. I want you to stop making excuses. I want us to grow as a church and reach more people. I don't ever want someone to say that word of grace is too big. Because as long as there are people dying and going to hell without knowing Christ, no church is too big. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Word of Grace. For more sermons or any other information, visit wogcc.com.